Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I was really interested in, as you said yourself, your little bit of a rant on social media to do with the flooding in Cork City at the weekend and the importance of green walls and other green infrastructural elements. You believe that there is, there, there is a solution to, to alleviate some of this flooding? Well, there, there is, and it's not just me that believes it. And I, I really do hate being negative and knocking people because I think the world is full of that. But, but I, I do try and kind of highlight positive stuff. But I'm kind of at my wit's end when it when it comes to this. I mean, there are proven solutions uh, to alleviate. I'm not going to say that we're going to be flood free, but green wall technology and green roofs and everything 
are proven in cities like London and Berlin and, and other cities that have flooding problems to reduce the, the the speed of water and the volume of water that enters cities' drainage systems. Now, if you look at Cork, obviously we have a tidal problem, and I'm no expert in flooding and I'm not pretending to be, but the flooding on Sunday thankfully wasn't connected with the tide. It was just this excessively heavy rain over a period of time. Now, if you look at any city centre, this isn't just Cork, the majority of the surface area is roof space of buildings. So if you have all the roof space, the water is landing on the roof, it's going down the drain pipe into the drainage system at a huge volume, at a huge speed, and that leads to flooding, okay? Mm-hmm. Green, green walls, which is basically just a, a modular system which cads the outside of buildings. If you can imagine window boxes stacked on top of each other, Trish, is probably the best way to describe it. Um, well, the water from the roof of buildings goes into these green walls, so it's percolating through the green wall system. So it's much it's entering the drainage system, but much, much slower. It might be 24 hours after it's fallen. And much of it, depending on the day, it could be as much as 70% of that water never gets into the drainage system. Okay? Mm. Now, I've been promoting this message about the power of, of the natural world, the green environment, what, call it what you want, green architecture. I've been promoting this for years on, on your programme, I've been talking about the power of it, on television, on newspaper, online, as to how much value is here and we're ignoring it. We're still struggling in Cork to see the value of a street tree. The rest of the world has moved on 100 years like with, with green architecture. I can't get an answer from Cork City Council to an email or a phone call when I offer to talk to them about it and suggest things to them. Uh, and be it politicians I try getting on to or civil servants I try getting on to. Uh, and they they just seem completely closed to it. And I, that's why I'm saying I don't like to be negative and knock. I much prefer to be positive and to highlight the good things that are happening. But, like, Cork is going to flood again this winter, at least yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, And they're, they're not even, like, nothing in the Docklands, the new Docklands development, no new building, to the best of my knowledge, has had any green infrastructural element specced by the City Council. It's absolute ludicrous. And yet they, they, uh, they, they did invest in uh, robotic trees, they put up these... Are you these, fans in, of those? These are such an insult, and I've deliberately kept my powder dry on this and kept out of it, but these are... So, like, over the, over the years of the pandemic, Trish, I was speaking to to groups all over the world on gardening and the power of the natural world. I was speaking to, to YouTube groups, uh, Google groups. These high-tech companies were, were asking me to talk to their employees about the gardening and the power of... in, in terms of their wellness, etc. Yeah. And I'd always start off... By, by saying, when I was talking to the tech companies, I'd always start off by saying, can you imagine if, if Apple or Google or Facebook or one of these tech companies were to invent something that would magically take carbon out of the air uh, and, and give us oxygen and store that carbon? And I was saying it with a chuckle, kind of, because they already exist. They're trees, right? And of course, yeah. you, get, you always get a bit of a chuckle. And then, I was saying it as a joke, and then I see my own city council putting these robotic monsters, hideous waste of money in the middle of our city centre. Now, this is, I'm not totally knocking the city council. They're doing good work in terms of some of the tree planting they're doing. They do do good works as well. But for God's sake, they need to, they need to jump forward quickly on this. I mean, yeah, and as you we, say, we, it, isn't, it isn't reinventing the wheel. Other cities have successfully done it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just look around all over many parts of America, many parts of Europe. Um, and they, they, it's, we can't say we haven't been warned, Trish. The climate has changed. It hasn't changing. It's changed already. It's going to change more. The rain we saw on Sunday, we, we haven't, we, we're beginning to see that rain more commonly. We used to see that when you were a child, when I was a child. We never saw that type of rain. Mm. We're seeing it. We have been warned. It's going to happen. You know, we're, we're one of the cities that are at risk. There are ways to alleviate this, you know, but but they just, they, they don't seem to have any appetite for it. Okay, Anna is straight away with the text saying 100% agree with Peter Dowdle and everything he's saying today. Thank you, Peter, uh, for speaking up. Hopefully somebody, the powers that be, are listening because that's what we need. Okay, listen, let's move on with uh, questions in from listeners. John Paul is taking the calls 0818103103. A Canturk listener says, my cactus are beginning to bud now. Do I water or feed them or just leave them be? And I'm assuming they're talking about a Christmas cactus because I was only looking at mine yesterday and I can see all the little buds are appearing. Yeah, I, I, I presume that is what they're talking about. And I, you can give it a drop of water, certainly, because uh, you, you you do want to sustain it and it could lose some flower buds if it dries out completely, but certainly don't overwater it. But give it a drop maybe every kind of week or two weeks at the moment just to keep it a bit moist. You know, indoor plants and these cacti in particular are very... They, they really tell us when they need water. So they, they, they'll go very limp and be draggled and they can be quite dramatic. You know the way they're normally quite erect and ah. firm. But they can go quite limp and nearly fall onto the pot uh, to tell you they need water. So don't err on the side of overwatering, but do give them a drop of water. Uh, and I'd say this Christmas cactus could end up maybe being a jazz festival cactus. If it's in bud already, it may be in flower a bit, bit soon. But enjoy it whenever it comes. And anyway. they are magnificent when they flower. They're absolutely, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan as well. Question for Peter, please. Uh, could Peter suggest suitable plants for an indoor hanging basket I want to put one in the bathroom and I want to put one in the patio from a Bantier listener indoor hanging baskets lovely idea yeah lovely idea now when it comes to and of course indoor plants are one of the best things you can bring to the house because they'll give off fresh oxygen and clean the air I mean they're proven to be among the best air purifiers you can get um, when it comes to indoor plants though you do need to look at things like light levels uh, and, and drafts and things like this so in other words, if it's near an opening window or an opening door, this will determine which plants you need to use. I can't really go into specifics because I don't know those details. However, what I would look at using are things like the spider plant, which is an old-fashioned one that might have been in your grandmother's house, but it's now it's now all over Instagram and the trendy restaurants of London and things. It's, it's, it's really making a comeback. So the spider plant is a great one. You're also looking at things like maybe poor man's orchid, which doesn't get too tall. Uh, and you're looking at things like skindapsis and things like this. Without, I could spend the whole program talking about the different ones for the different light levels and that, but you're probably as well off uh, to have a quick Google and to, to see the, what the light levels are. So your you're, your balcony is probably going to be quite bright, but the, the areas inside the house might be quite dark. So do, And there's nothing really will do where there's zero light levels. Um, but but have a look online and you will see some some good uh, ivy is another one that is, that will do quite well inside as well. But uh, have a look at your light levels in in Google different plants for the a dark room or a bright room and that will give you better ideas. Okay, Anne in Mitchestown has problems with camellias. She can never manage to keep one alive. What is she doing wrong? The, the the main thing with camellias is, well, there's two main things. Number one is the pH of the soil. They like to grow in an acidic soil. So that soil, uh, Trish, with a lower pH, a pH of, of seven or slightly under it. So if it's growing in a, a pH over that, which is limey soil, it won't thrive and it could get to the point of dying, absolutely. And that could well be the problem. Um, 
The other thing that chameleons really don't like is to be facing south. So if they're getting very, very sunny, uh, harsh sun in the morning, let's say facing east or south or southeast, they don't like that either. And if it's severe enough, that could kill them as well, I'm afraid. So I imagine it's most likely one of the two. If she's growing it in a container or, or in a pot, uh, then it could just be simply drying out. So that could be the problem. Uh, Peter, I've got a lot of pears, said this listener, and I just can't ripen them this year. Would you have any suggestions to ripen pears? Move to Portugal. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't Um, it be lovely? Wouldn't it? And pears very often don't ripen in our climate because at the time that they should be ripening during September and even now, the temperatures have gone. It's it's too cool for them to ripen. So I would go back to the the banana trick, Trish, which we've mentioned before in your programme, particularly for ripening tomatoes. But the same thing works uh, for pears. Just put a few pears into a brown paper bag with a couple of ripe bananas, ripe or overripe bananas, uh, and that will, believe it or not, uh, stimulate the ripening in the pears. And I also checked, Trish, because we spoke about this apropos tomatoes a couple of weeks ago and you said it does an apple work as well was it you or a caller yeah I I, I went online and they said an apple yeah and I researched it as well and it does they both both produce the same compound Uh, I suppose most fruits I had only ever heard of it as a tomato or sorry a a banana to do it but I suspect most fruits would produce that compound actually it's funny because I I, my sister sent me a beautiful bouquet of flowers uh, a couple of weeks ago and it came with very detailed instructions on how to look after them and one of them was don't have the vase of flowers anywhere near a basket or a bowl of fruit for for the same reason they'll yeah, it'll, of course. Yeah, it'll kill off. It'll kill off your your, lo- your lovely flowers. So definitely, it, it does, and it works to um, ripen avocados. I can never seem to buy avocados ripe and trying to ripen them. Uh, if you put it into a brown paper bag with the with the banana, absolutely works. Okay, let me uh, going from Christmas cactus to poinsettia. A listener says, "I've got a very healthy looking poinsettia, but all of the leaves are now green. I, I got it as a present last year. Will it redden up in time for Christmas this year?" We had a similar question actually a couple of weeks ago, Trish, and the answer to the question, it will redden up. Will it be in time for Christmas? I can't answer that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the chances are probably not, I'm afraid, because poinsettias with, with the, those lovely red bracts are actually, they're not they're not uh, flowers, they're modified leaves, so they could be red or cream in colour. Um, and to get them for Christmas, the growers put the plants under artificial conditions so that the, the plants think that they're coming into spring. Okay. Now they're native to Mexico, so it's a whole different climate to us, obviously. So that's not to say that they'll, they'll even go red for spring here, but uh, they will go red at some point. But whether or not it'll be time for Christmas, I can't honestly say. And I'm not going to advise either to to go through a period of of cold and dark to trick the plant because you could well risk losing the plant. So I would just leave it, do its thing. You've kept it alive for nearly twelve months, which is better than I've done. Um, <laughs> So I would say leave well alone and let it go red in its own time, but it may well not be good. Yeah, and don't move it because they really don't, they they, they don't like to be moved. And finally, Tom has been on, he wants to reseed a lawn. It's all ready for reseeding. When is the best month to do it? The best time now for to do it is March. Definitely leave it till now to March, I would say. Yeah, you could do all the prep work and get the ground ready for it now over the winter, which would be great for the soil because the frost can work on it. But but don't put the seed out now to March. We'll talk to you next week, Peter. Thank you for that. Thanks, Trish. And stay dry. That is uh, Peter Dowdle, theirishgardener.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.